This is One Heat Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery homicides take me. Give me all you got! Listen, Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA crime opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. We are up to the fourth minute in Michael Mann's 1995 crime opus, and I am joined by, well, movie, internet, royalty, one of the OG internet sites, uh, editor, Mr. Gus Franklin, my good friend from Dark Horizons. Hello, sir. Oh, <laughs> it's good to be here. Um, so, I've roped you into this yep. insanity. Mm. <laughs> Welcome aboard. It's a unique experience because everyone has different experiences with the heat. You, of course, have seen it hundreds of times, shall we say. I'm someone who saw it, I saw it theatrically, I saw it a couple of times on video, and then I haven't seen it since 1999, it's 2017 now, if you're listening to this in the future. Uh, so it's been 18 years. It's like 18 years? Yeah, and I caught it like a couple of days ago. Yeah. So, I might wait until we officially record. So right now, guys, welcome Garth, but we're going to watch the fourth minute of Heat, and that's what you guys are going to hear now, and then we're going to jump in and chat about it. Check, charge, or cash? Cash, and, uh, lead out to tax demolition Tucson. 78830. Fourth minute. It contains the most, uh, like a fun little tidbit, actually, which is also um, when you see the written and directed by Michael Mann, it's mm. always cool to see, you know, where the director's name or written and directed, same with like Quentin Tarantino movies. You're always excited mm. to go, where is the where is the written and directed by Quentin Tarantino going to be in this next movie? And I always have that with Michael Mann, and it is on the beautiful, blonde, long-haired Val Kilmer. <laughs> Back in peak, peak Val Kilmer peak days. Kilmer. Yeah. yeah, this uh, is like Batman Forever Kilmer kind oh, of days. Man, yeah. it's so good. And so... You know, I think, like, sort of stepping back, the fourth minute of Heat, or, sorry, yeah, the, technically the fourth minute, up to the fourth minute of Heat, um, is we're seeing Neil McCauley just as he's exiting the emergency room. Literally the opening tiny second that we see. It's on the cusp of the sort of third and fourth minute. Neil McCauley, bang, hits his elbow on the exit, uh, exit of the uh, emergency room doors mm. out to where the ambulance bay is. And you actually see him put on gloves. Like, well, mm. you don't, sorry, you don't see him put on gloves, but he's wearing gloves when he gets into the mm. ambulance. And it's that moment that as he's been walking, there's this subtle thing as he's been walking, he's put on black gloves so that he will not have fingerprints 
as he enters the ambulance, which I think is just such a death touch in this. I just absolutely love it. And bang, we're straight into what <laughs> seems like it's it's a completely different day. It's a completely different time. Yeah, it was certainly a different time of day. <laughs> yeah, different. It's obviously, you know, they're doing it obviously in Los Angeles, of course, it's in the same city, but it's this is happening separately from different timelines and different things with different characters here. Yeah, it's a bit strange, right? Because you've got in the morning, I've always felt like, and we're going to probably come up and see it in the in the ascent to, to the, the eventual heist is, mm. it feels like Neil McCauley is doing the ambulance duty on the morning of the heist. Mm. But the Chris Chehalis moment that we're watching right now, Val Kilmer's character, as he's buying the shape charge, mm. um, the nondescript shape charge that can be bought from other places. <laughs> with his Just Ar- put it off the retail, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 to put it off with the Arizona... Um, Arizona State License, which is an interesting choice, actually, and, because Arizona, the of all the sort of counterfeit sort of licenses they've had in the States, the Arizona one is one of the most famous. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yes, it is. I didn't know that. So, yeah. like, are you saying the most famously um, easy to counterfeit basically yes <laughs> wow what a detail like i've never have heard that before that's yeah. awesome okay well that's see i'm learning this <laughs> stuff um so we're in this scene and what's this is one that now that we're talking about it um really fascinates me just because it does jump out mm. it jumps out like it feels like this has to be a day before or a week before that we've quickly jumped out of this line of sight because the ambulance feels like it was stolen on the day of yeah, well, it certainly feels like you can't basically get away with st- stealing an ambulance without it being reported. So it's yes. the kind of thing where they would have to do it within hours of this event happening. And the fact that he gets in, obviously he's going in and stealing it with the gloves and so forth. And there was another interesting little thing that I just noticed then where he basically shuts the door and doesn't quite shut it. And then he has to do it again. Yes. <laughs> I'm yeah. wondering if that is a mistake or is that deliberate? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I was also wondering that. It's like this hmm. quick second where it's probably the only stutter step. It's the only thing yeah. that he hasn't done perfectly. But that's the thing. His character doesn't stutter. His whole point of this character is he is so meticulously planned. Yes. Every single thing down to the last detail. Yes. And yes, it comes into the, later on the track down to the relationships, but well, that's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of in terms of his work, certainly he doesn't make a mistake like, even like that. Yeah, yeah it, seems small. <laughs> it, it seems small, but also mm. he, um, uh, I think, in the context of maybe you know after having dived into this previously in the in the pre- preceding minute mm. is. The interesting thing for me is that you as a person like who gets in a car, sometimes you don't close the car door. Mm. So you don't draw attention to yourself mm. when you do. It's just kind of like, oh, I didn't shut it right. Yeah. And it's done in an unassuming way. The gloves are the most purposeful thing for me. It's because mm. it's almost like that's even more part of the, the magic trick, which is he comes in, he's got no gloves on. Mm. He clearly walks through. He's very mindful about what he's touching yeah. because of the fingerprints. And then as soon as he gets out to that back door, when it, when it's immediately about to go out and touch that ambulance, mm. bang, elbow. Oh, I'm yeah. not going to touch it with my fingerprints and let that happen. Yeah. Walking into an emergency room, I can touch that door. A million people have touched that door. And there's no sort of thing like that. But the other thing is, of course, because there are so many people walking in and out, there's no way to get prints going in. Yes. And, of course, putting on gloves in an emergency room is one of the places you can put on gloves without it being a little suspicious. <laughs> yes, yeah. Sort of maybe an amateur. Yeah. But, but the gloves he puts on are like, they like his work gloves. They're yes. leather driving gloves. So, like, yes. it's also like, if he put those on in the middle of the ambulance room, it's sort of in that mm. unseen moment. That's what I love about it. It's like, we've taken so much notice of every step that he's done, but it's almost like this magic moment just before he chooses his mm. right ambulance that he's going to get into 
there's a quick slip on of like some other gloves. Like he's yeah. gone into his pockets, he's pulled them out and he's got his gloves on. The fact that he's walked in, so you know, it's like anything where you walk into an area where you should not be. Yeah. <laughs> if you walk in with the confidence and assurance and know exactly what you're doing, people will usually not question it, especially in a place where like a hospital where there are so many people going in and out. Yeah. The, uh, mass- the massive difference here though, and what I love about the difference between the Shahela's character and mm. De Niro's character is that mm. Chris Shahela's looks like... Val Kilmer looks like Val Kilmer. Like, yes. he's a big, beautiful, interesting-looking man. Like, he's, you know, <laughs> he's got this blonde Well, hair. the thing, I mean, this is, like, 95, so you're talking... Uh, the thing of grunge is already over by this point, so the fact that he's walking in with the faded jeans and the, the ponytail sort of thing like that is a little bit past his time sort yeah. of thing already at this point. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, yeah, he looks like the California beach bum. Uh, builder good sort of stuff. yeah, yeah it kind so, of when, when, so when he's in there yeah it's very California builder but he's very distinct looking and even mm. in, in this transaction um, what's the name of this actor the, 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 actor, the other actor with the, uh, the coke bottle glasses he's interesting because I've seen him in a few things he was in the exiles for a very important exactly yeah, yeah. yeah yes um, but I can't remember the actor's name I can't remember his name but he's He's fun because he's got this, and we're just sort of slow motioning. He's got this, these big Coke bottle glasses, but he's very interestingly sort of, he's taking that license in. Mm. Like when you look at this, we've just got it free framed at three minutes and 55 seconds. And he's really in, even though he's got these, and they are epic Coke bottle glasses. They are. <laughs> um, so it's, 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 it's almost like Krisha Hillis has scoped out a guy who is going to have difficulty discerning that that license is fake. Yes and no, because the way he walks into that store and all that sort of stuff, there's a very deliberate sense of this guy kind of knows what's going on. I mean, I get oh, through really? That, I get is that, that how you feel? Well, that impression I get through that whole scene is that he doesn't know quite what's going on. He knows what these purchases aren't exactly for something. They're not, no, they're not normal. No. Based on the guy, he doesn't feel right for a shape change. No, exactly. I and mean, he knows that something's up, but he's not. Yeah. I, I think he's one of those things where it's like. I don't ask questions. I just do. I just do my job. He, isn't he a wonderful anomaly? Like, yeah. And I and I haven't really thought about him as much because, mm. but I haven't done a minute by minute. Analysis yeah, but I mean, I, I, it, it struck. As I said, it struck me when I watched it for the first time, like the other day, uh, in the first time in like years, and it's like I because you remember the big moments. Everyone remembers the big scenes. And so on. It's always the little moments that you forget. And it was something like this, where it's like, okay, this guy immediately from the get go is like, there is something. He's wrong not with in that. it. He's yeah. not in on it, but he knows something's up. Something's up. And, but he's not fussed about it. He's not, he's not the kind of guy who reports on this sort of thing. He's like one of those, yeah, I'll do my job. He's like, the I'm looking at the license. Yeah. It seems okay. He's asking me to charge it to this company, which seems legitimate. But there's something about this guy that I don't like. But it doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't care. But that's yeah. the difference between Macaulay and, I guess, Shahelis is that mm. Macaul- if that was Macaulay in that transaction, that's mm. a normal transaction, I feel like. I feel like if Macaulay's standing there with this guy with the Coke bottle glasses mm. and he's buying that shape charge and he says it's off... He would be less... Under, yes, he would be less suspicious. There's yeah. less suspicious. But yes. there's something about Shahelis here which I, I think... There's immediately a wonderful tapestry of moral ambiguity going yeah, on. Yeah, Because he's like, there's something wrong with this guy mm. from d- Demolition in Tucson who's coming to a- with an Arizona license plate that's buying a shape charge in LA. Yes. There's something, but he obviously it's like anything. You know, you're only exposed to these people for a few minutes. You can't really say anything or do anything because yeah. it's like hmm. this is, of course, this is long before the you know 9/11 terrorist watch list and all that sort of shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. we're gonna see, and you know, before you know, not to um, get to the cart before the horse, but mm. um, the you know the pre nine the pre 9/11 stuff is so flagrantly apparent in 
the airport sequences at the end of this film, which are essentially oh, yes. unfilmable these days. Oh, no, no, no. You can't basically get into an airport like that. <laughs> no, they're unfilmable. So, yeah, no, it's... And that's also, I mean, this is also the time of, uh, you know, yes, there are cell phones, but it's not the, like the big satellite phones. This is before the ubiquitous of that, before the ubiquitous, you know, surveillance and sort of everything and that kind of thing. This is a whole different... It's thing. a different kettle of fish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and may, may, do you think that that holds, like we're, we're right now, you know... This place doesn't look like it's got video surveillance. Yes, like this store. Like yeah, yeah, yeah yes. you see, you see an entire yard of like what. This looks like the kind of uh, sort of uh, warehouse stores and all that sort of stuff. That if you are a builder and all that sort of thing, you go to these places. You don't. It's not. This a isn't Bunnings Warehouse. This is not a retail store. No, no, no. no. This is for the main, main builders and so forth who go through the, <laughs> through these places all yeah. the time. They go wholesale. It's not a, that kind of thing. Yeah. So these are massive. Like if you go to the mm. actual yard, which we're going to get to in a second, we're sort of just freeze framing our way back. Um, and the thing, yeah, and the thing that always strikes me with this scene as well is is uh, we'll come in in the later minutes, of course. Is Kilmer's eyes? Kilmer's eyes has that stare. That's just he. This it's, is it, it's it's kind of all judging and all kind of you know he. he you can see there's, there's so many wheels and gears turning in his head. As it just looks Val big. Kilmer, what a specimen! We're just having a look <laughs> at him right now as this sort of winds its way back. His massive broad shoulders. I, I, I mind him as Batman, to be honest, as a Batman. Yeah. But he's he's a physical specimen. He's got tattoos. I love the detail now on the back of his blue jeans is a tape, the, measure. Yeah, the tape measure. Tape measure on the back of blue jeans. Generic tape measure. Sort of thing like, yeah. yeah, generic thing. T- shirt tucked in, just yeah. like the guy alongside him. He is dressed to look the part. But there's something about this sequence, mm. and you're walking in. This yard is full of bulldozers. Yeah, bulldozers. And so he's walking in. There's cacti out there, and there's just something. And look at that! Me- look at that scowl on his face. Three minutes thirty-four <laughs> seconds. He's got this kind of purposeful scowl, and you've got the guy on the left holding mm. the high explosive. Yeah. Um, yeah, he does. He looks right. He, he's dressed right. But he, there's he's dressed right, but there's something off. Yeah. There's and something off. And then this guy, and this guy knows it, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny how people betray their instincts? Yeah. <laughs> I love that about this film. There's people who betray what their instincts are, and it's That's such, right. and it's that line. That's why I think he is so special, is because there are these characters on the fringes. Even like this guy, he's got a he's a no name bit part, a great character actor nonetheless. Mm. Got maybe one and a bit lines in this entire film mm. and he knows something he's kind of Muppet looking actually um, <laughs> um, and that's not what he does have that kind of he's got yeah. a bit of a Muppety look but yeah. he's there and he knows immediately that there's something yeah. wrong but he yeah. just goes with it but that happens with this uh, I mean, one of the things that shocked me entirely watching this movie again was that you're going through the opening credits and they're listing all the names it's like there's not a single name here I don't recognise. Amazing how all these, like, even like down to the sporting players, have all gone on to huge yeah. thing. Huge, <laughs> huge cast. It rolls so extremely deep. Yeah. Um, but they've all gone on to massive things. And, like, mm. you know, you talk about Pete Kilmer. You've got Pete yeah. Ted Levine in this film as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, da- introducing Danny Trejo, playing, <laughs> playing a guy by the name of Trejo. This is when Danny yeah. Trejo was still a crook yeah. and not just playing machete. Um, so... Well, I mean, Kilmer was also, I mean, think about it with Kilmer, of course, is he was third billing on the whole film. Yeah. Um, this was Kilmer before The Saints, after some of the other ones he did, sort of the early 90s with The Doors and so on. He really was, this was his peak time and to be in something, and he was more known for being a studio kind of guy. And so for being in something like this, which was much more a 
gritty crime drama, which is not what his sort of bread and butter was. It's actually, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating bit of casting because it was quite different. Because Pacino and De Niro working together, not unexpected. You kind of, you kind of get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, Everyone sort of wants that if they can. Um, you know, you want, you want it so desperately, but yeah. you never think that it's possible to mm. happen. But I think that's what I love about the depth of both crews. You've mm. got these amazing characters like Ted Levine and McKelty Wilson and Wes Studi are like yeah. in the crew of... of, of but again, well. with both crews, you have... They're almost archetypes in that they're both... You kind of expect them to be on those sides and you kind of expect them to sort of fit in the mould. Him, in particular, what the big difference with him is, he's the wild card. Yeah. You don't know what the fuck he's going on. No. Um, and he's... And even from this second, yes. you know that something's first, wild. something with him is like, this is the one that's going to either unravel everything or it's going to bring everything Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And in seconds... How good was he as a performer? Gilmer? At his peak, he was fantastic. At his peak? Yeah. There's no one like him. <laughs> and I think that that's why people like Oliver Stone are attracted to him for something like The Doors, because he's just a wild man. Yeah. He's a wild man. And he's still a wild man, but probably... Tabloid reports aside and all that kind of stuff, he's... <laughs> there's no questioning with... Kilmer, like so many of the really sort of great actors of their time, I mean, anything from Crow to... Even Cruz, who doesn't get enough credit and that sort of stuff... Uh, their, their their track record in terms of the actual on-screen performances are almost flawless. He's they're completely convicted to their part. They're perfect in the thing, and they really know how to perform. Yeah, the personal life. Maybe the personal knows, life is who, crazy. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, and it's also um, yeah. I think looking at Kilmer's entire body of work, it's, it's so damn impressive. And I think there's, yes, there's and this is also a time before Kilmer went through a lot of personal struggles and so forth with yeah. divorce and with other things. Um, so it was actually kind of a, the time when he was sort of at his relaxed and most ready to do this kind of thing. And it's actually, yeah, the work is incredible. Yeah. So, you've done a minute. <laughs> One minute. <laughs> One minute. Of 170. <laughs> Would you like to join me for a couple more? Let's go. Ladies and gents, I'm going to be back with Garth Franklin from Dark Horizons joining me fifth minute of Michael Mann's crime of this heat. We'll see you back very shortly. Thank you so much, Mr. Garth Franklin, for joining me on One Heat Minute Episode 4. You can find Garth at DarkHorizons.com or at DarkHorizons on Twitter. He is also one of the co-designers of this website. Thank you, sir. And thank you once again to Music by Mr. Paul Davies. Guys, we'll catch you next time on One Heat Minute. Thank you so much for listening and following along. Hashtag One Heat Minute on Twitter or just OneHeatMinute.com.